With lockdown two here, our sponsors Bison Beer have you covered. Their lock-in box contains a selection of 12 brews from Sussex to help you hunker down and stay safe. Free same-day delivery in the local area is available all week, so head to bisonbeer.co.uk to stock up. This is Football, the Albion and Me with Richard Newman. Hello, welcome to episode 25 of Football, the Albion and Me. I'm Richard Newman. Thanks for your support for this podcast. If you're new, we chat to Brighton and Hove Albion favourites from all different eras. We get to know them a little bit better on and off the pitch and you can catch up with them whenever you like. This episode is coming out during International Week, so we're a bit short of an Albion fix, which means a double bill. On Saturday, there will be an extra time podcast with John Bain, a.k.a. Attila the Stockbroker. But in this episode, I've been catching up with former Brighton defender and current Paderborn centre-back Uwe Hunemeyer, part of the squad which won promotion to the Premier League. This discussion, recorded in September, included the celebrations behind the scenes on that memorable day and playing for Jurgen Klopp at Borussia Dortmund and loads more. Enjoy. Follow Football, The Albion and me on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Uwe, thanks for coming on Football, The Albion and me. Great to have you on. You're actually the first on the podcast from the uh, Premier League promotion winning season. So it's really good to have you on and to talk about your experiences there. Now, I know, don't know how familiar you'll be with the podcast, but we start each episode by going right back to the beginning. So take yourself back to the young Uwe. What was life like in your home when you were growing up? Well, from, from, from my first experience with football, I was probably five or six years old and I was already playing with my mom and dad already almost every day on, on the street and with my, with my friends. And uh, I was playing football pretty much every day on my, on my home court. And um, yeah, I was, I was talking to my friends a few days ago and because um, we had um, cup games and uh, there was one... There was an assistant coach uh, I was growing up with, and um, we we look back to our time back on 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 these days in my in my village, and uh, yeah, I still can remember a lot of uh, a lot of days uh, on the football court. And uh, d- times are different now, but um, yeah, I, I really uh, looking back with a lot of joy and um, playing football every day after school, after kindergarten. So um, yeah, it's a pretty nice time to look back to. Did you come from quite a, a football family? Um, yeah, I would say so. Um, even my mom played um, uh, football when she was younger, and um, w- which is not really natural. Um, and my father was probably, he was my coach for one or two years uh, when I was really young. And um, yeah, in, in my home village, uh, probably all of my friends started to play football when they were young. Some, some of them were better, some of them weren't that good, but uh, everybody's uh, at least trying to play football in a village like where I was growing up. Did you support anyone in particular when you were growing up? Um, actually, my, my favourite club uh, when I was young was uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach um, and all of my friends were supporting them as well. Uh, so it was quite nice when, when I was young. Um, every, every Saturday afternoon, we, we were still listening to the radio. We haven't um, like, uh, like Sky or couldn't watch the games. Um, and we probably dressed ourselves in Gladbach as Gladbach fans and we were playing in front of my garage and listened to the radio at the same time and it was it was quite fun um, um, looking back to these times and um, yeah when I was young I was I was traveling sometimes to Gladbach uh, uh, watch some games there it, it, it's not that close I would say like two hours drive but um, in my village uh, a lot of people are Gladbach fans. Mm. Did you go and watch them when you were growing up? Yeah, I still can remember a game. It was away to um, to Schalke um, when Schalke was playing in their old stadium. It's a long, long time ago. I, I would say I was probably 10 to 12 years old. And uh, yeah, by the time I traveled over to, to Gladbach and, uh, and some away games, um, but most of the time I was just listening to the radio and uh, was supporting them. Mm. In terms of your own talent then, you said, you know, you like to play outside and you know, playing with friends and mixed abilities. When did you realize that you were maybe a little bit better than some of the rest of them? That, you know, you could maybe take this a bit more seriously? Well, I already scored a lot of goals when I was young in, in, my, in my home club. Um, I was already always playing as, I would say, central midfielder, striker. 
always it's like always the best players playing in the middle of the park or up top because they they scoring the goals they set up goals um and i was playing with older older um, um players in my team because in a small village you, you don't have always uh, like a lot a certain amount of players for for your age so i was playing with players like three four years older so i it was already challenging for me to play with them and um, I did okay already in that time and um, then when I was young I was playing a lot of tennis as well mm-hmm. at the same time so I was I was really good in tennis and football and but football is always like special you you it's a team sport you're always challenging yourself with your teammates sometimes against better teams you, you're going to lose games as a small club like I was playing in and uh, because you don't have uh, that many good players but um yeah i was i was in in my in my young years um, i scored sometimes like I, i remember i scored six goals in one game or eight mm-hmm. goals in one game and then you realize maybe you're a bit better than some of your teammates but i didn't really think about it too much because i was still young i was enjoying playing football with my mates so mm-hmm. First time I really realized was when I um, um, switched club to to a little bit bigger club like Gütersloh, which is the biggest um, um, club around here. So uh, that was the first time I realized maybe I'm a bit better than some of my teammates. Mm. So were you a defender all the time or were you moved back there? No, actually I, w- I was playing probably up top or until 14 years old okay. so uh, the first time i became a defender was when i moved to borussia dortmund mm-hmm. so i moved to dortmund when i was 14 years old they signed me in my opinion as a striker or a number 10 mm-hmm. but in my first friendly game um, uh, with my new club dortmund uh, the the head coach uh, brought me on as a as a central defender and i, I told my told my partner hey, my partner that that's the first time I'm playing center half I never did that before that was actually the first time and you never tested me that there before um, which was quite funny um, but in the end it turned out to be the right decision uh, from the manager at that time um, so I th- still can say thank you to him that he made me to a defender uh, I don't know where would I be as a striker because I really like to score goals and still got a good nose uh, where the balls uh, coming down in the boxes so um but probably it was the right decision for me uh, to become a defender at that time. Mm. It's good to have you as an option when you're chasing the game at the end of the game stick you up front just to try and get an equalizer or a winning goal. Um when that move to Dortmund came about I mean that must have been a bit of a, a dream move for you that's the big one. Um to to make that at such a young age what was that like for you can you remember those feelings yeah true it was it was a bit big decision especially with my family as well uh, i was still going to school here uh, near close by so um it was clear that i'm going to finish my school and um i had to to travel every day like for one hour it's like 90 kilometers away uh, like about 60 miles away from my hometown um but of course it was it was a dream move uh, coming from a small village like me and then uh, moving to to Dortmund like such a big club still you're re- really young in a really young age like 14 years old um it's it's really early to to leave your your home village for most of the time you you're still living at home um going to school here but leaving your friends for most of the time because you know already uh, it's going to be a big part of your life going to training going to school you don't have that much time for your friends anymore and you can't go out to parties at the weekends which is probably sometimes when you when you turn 16 17 years old um, which is not not really easy but you have mm. to really focus on on your dream to become a footballer and in the end i made a lot of sacrifices but in the end it turned out to be the right decision that time but uh, yeah it was a big move but in the end it was a it was the right decision for me yeah and you you were there sort of at an era where i guess lots of incredible talents come through that we see now um marco royce is, isn't isn't that younger that much younger than you um the standard must have been very high in general amongst the youth team 
Of course it is. Um, and I have to say like in, in, in my age, there were a lot of uh, talents with a lot of more talent than me because um, I, w I wouldn't say I wasn't a big talent that time. Of course, they signed me because of a certain talent they, they've seen in me, but there were uh, some players that were much better than me that time. But um, I, I knew already I have to be really focused. I need to be really passionate. I need to be really determined to, to become a professional footballer at that time. And uh, probably that separated me in the end from the other players because they maybe they had their focus somewhere else. Uh, they already thought uh, maybe I'm going to be a professional footballer one day. It, it didn't come really close to me um, until I signed my first professional contract. Um, um, after I finished my school, I was, I was already 19 years old. Uh, until then, I really thought, okay, you got a chance, but it's still a long way to go. And uh, I really focused myself on becoming a better player um, really showing the manager every day in every session. Maybe you're going to do it one day, but you never know. Every, every kid dreams of, of, a, of becoming a footballer, but you know, of, of, of thousand kids, it's probably five kids going to make it in, in the end, I would say. So it was still a long way to go, and um, but yeah, I came from a really really small village. I had my my friends around me, so that kept me to, that kept my feet uh, down to to the ground. And um, yeah, in the end, it worked out, and I'm really uh, happy about that. Mm. Uh, it must have been a good time to be uh, to sort of learn your trade as a young player, because at the time you joined Dortmund, that was around 2000, wasn't it? So Germany yeah. as a football team were at a bit of a low point, and this is when we know about sort of when the revolution started coming in, when there was a full review about how things were being done and new ways of working really kicked in. And we saw how that worked out because eventually Germany became world champions in 2014. So during your youth career, did you see methods change? Well, when, when, I, came, when I came around to that first team in Dortmund, it was a bar that was around 2005, a little bit later, um, Dortmund had a lot of fun, a lot of uh, financial problems, so they had to turn down to the to the younger players, to youth players, to to form them to better players, to maybe to create that one guy who's going to make it to the first team and make him one day a little bit of profit. And when 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 I came to Dortmund around 2000, it was like they didn't have a, a like training facilities like they have today. It was still. It was a, a big club, for, but the facility for youth team was still, I would say, really shabby that time. Um, <laughs> it, it wasn't really good. Um, of course, you, have, you had already really good trainers, um, like training four times a week, but the training facilities weren't uh, anywhere like they were today. So they are today. So um, I, had, I, I still had to, to fight through my, through my youth career and you had to accept these facilities. Um, sometimes you, you train on, on, on that red clay. I don't know, um, a lot of young players don't know what that is today because you train on artificial grass and, or proper pitches. We didn't have that that time, even Dortmund. We, in, in, in winter times, we, we trained on, on clay, which is not really nice. You, maybe you're coming home with... Um, yeah, bruised knees or when you, when you have sliding tackles and it's not that easy, but um, it, it's, it's, it's forming your, your, your type of player, you know, you get used to it, um, you're getting harder, you don't um, yeah, blame anybody for that because, you know, everybody has to um, um, fight through that and uh, I've done that and um, probably that, that formed me even become a harder player or a tougher player through the years. So you make your first team debut. How well can you remember that game? Oh, well, I will never forget that because <laughs> it was, I was still 19 years old um, and it was uh, just before winter break in Germany. It was the last match before winter break and it was against Bayern Munich. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, which is a really special game. I still remember, I, I'm telling always the same story because uh, when I woke up that Saturday morning, we were already in a hotel because we went to a hotel on a Friday night. And on a Saturday morning, it was, it was snowing, it was cold, and I was looking outside and I thought, don't cancel that game today because I was, you know, 
every, every big stadium has got a um, heating for, for the grass, you know. And I still thought maybe, no, don't cancel that game because it was snowing. So these, the, I had these um, um, things in my mind, which is pretty crazy because I was nervous. I was looking forward to it. And uh, of course, it was a special game. We had a lot of injuries in our team. We had a really young team on, on, on the pitch that day playing against Bayern Munich, like the likes of uh, Makai, Pizarro, Hargraves. And they had a lot of good players, Oliver Kahn in goal. And uh, I really uh, made a goal in that game. Uh, I came close. I hit the, hit, hit the bar first half. Uh, Owen Hargraves uh, saved that ball off the line, hit it off, the, off his own head into the bar and it came out. It, I came really close just before halftime. In the end, we lost that game 2-1, but our fans were really happy with our performance because no one really expected that we had a chance at all with our young team. Um, unfortunately, the winter break came and um, a lot of players came back after uh, the winter break um, from injuries. And um, I, I don't know if I uh, played another game that season, but I, I will always remember that game. Yeah, I bet. Um, you eventually ended up playing, of course, under Jurgen Klopp when he eventually took over. What is he? I mean, a lot of people will be fascinated to know what is he like to work for? Is he just like we see in the media? And public facing is he sort of what you see is what you get. He actually is, um, for, from my point of view, he's he's probably one of the the best coaches in the world. Not even in in terms of of coaching, but like how how he handles every player as as a human. Like uh, even though when you're not playing, or I was playing that time a lot of times in the second team, he came he came to watch that game and the game uh, the day after he. He spoke with me uh, um, about our game, about my game, and um, he, he handled every player in the same way. Like, it, it, it wasn't about his starting eleven. It wasn't about, like, the first 18. It was about every player in that uh, squad. And um, he helped me a lot. He made me a better player in, in uh, that time. And um, I started... I was really, really... I was... Number four choice in that team, um, I had like Nevin Zubotic, Mats Hummels and Felipe Santana ahead of me. I was 23 years old and I was the oldest of these uh, four centre-halves. And when you look back, all these three players, um, I don't know exactly where Felipe Santana ended up in the end, but like Nevin Zubotic and Mats Hummels, they played pretty much every game and they ended up having big careers. So I can't fault myself uh, that I didn't do enough to to get their places and uh, I always get the feedback of uh, Jürgen Klopp that I, I'm training well, I'm really close and even of my teammate that time they told me you're doing really well just you, you can't do a lot more because these guys doing so well they're younger than you they've got a big career ahead of them um, but he helped me a lot and um, he was he was a big factor for me to probably um, having a career like that. Mm. So I guess, you know, you may, may still continue to make some appearances for Dortmund, but eventually you left for Energy Cottbus in, in 2010. Um, and I guess, was that a decision made out of the fact that you just want, you wanted to go and play more first team football? Well, actually, um, Jürgen Klopp told me after the season 2009-10, he told me, um, Uwe, probably it's better for you to leave now because you are a wasted defender on the bench right now. I, I, can't, I can't play you, but you're too good to sit on the bench for another year. Mm -hmm. So he told me that after, uh, after that year, which is, which is pretty honest, not, not, not in a bad way. And I, I didn't took it in a bad way because I realized like he rates me, but he doesn't have any, any space right now for me in the team. So during that summer, um, summer break, I was, I was looking for a new club and uh, one day he called me and he, he asked me, uh, how is it going? Did you find a new club? Um, uh, can I help you in any way? Which, is, which, which came up really surprisingly for me because normally you don't know any manager who calls you during the summer break and uh, asks you uh, if you already find a new club. You, want, you wanted to help me to find a new club. He said, I'm, I'm going to speak to that club uh, tomorrow. Um, maybe I'm going to tell them you're a good guy. And it was really, it was a big sign for me that he really rates me. And um, 
in the end, he, he didn't really help me, but it was a big sign for me. And uh, I went to Energy Cottbus, so, um, which was in the end a really uh, good move for me. That was the first time I was, I would say, um, a bigger member of a, of a first or second league team because I was, I was in, in, in the first team squad in Dortmund, but I was more or less playing in, in the second team, even though I was, I was a member of a first team squad. Uh, but I wasn't a regular starter, so um, uh, Energy Cottbus was the right move for me. I was I was playing most um, uh, most of the time, uh, especially my first year was really successful. I scored nine goals as a defender, which is probably pretty amazing. Yeah. When I look back, I made a hat trick in in one game as a defender. <laughs> um, so right. um, a lot of good memories and and the right decision at the right time to move to Cottbus. Mm. And you weren't able to make it into the Bundesliga with Cottbus, but then you moved to Paderborn for the first time. Uh, and that's when you were able to lead them to promotion. Yeah, after my three years in, in, in Cottbus, uh, I moved um, to Paderborn, which which is pretty much my home area. Um, yeah. And uh, some people were saying like, uh, why is he going back to Paderborn? Like, he could be go somewhere else, better teams. But in in my for my point of view, it was the right decision. Of course, um, uh, I had two kids already that time, um, and it was pretty much my home area. So I was really pleased with my decision to go to Paderborn. And whenever I did a decision, I do it with a hundred percent purpose. Um, so. Um, I was really looking forward to that time in Paderborn. Of course, I didn't expect that we can get promoted, um, especially they came really co- close to get relegated the year before. So, but it turned out to be the right decision, uh, the right club with the new manager. And uh, we were really successful in my first year in Paderborn and got mm. promoted to the Bundesliga. Yeah. Does it mean something more to you then to play for a team that you have a connection to the region? Um, of course, you you feel in you feel in um, definitely more home than any anywhere else because at home games you always have friends at uh, in in the stadium. My my, my uh, family come and came to watch games and it's really easy to uh, for them to to watch home games. It's like thirty minutes drive for them to come to Paderborn and uh, I feel very um, familiar uh, feel very familiar with the um, circumstances here with the area. So. It was really easy for me to settle in here, and um, probably that helped me, um, yeah, to help the team to get promoted. Um, even though I didn't know the manager um, that time, because they sacked the manager actually who signed me, okay. so it was really um, a little bit difficult for me to to know who is the new manager. But that um, Andre Breitneiter, who was the manager at that time, he told me probably a week in. He told me, you're going to be my guy, you're going to be my captain. I'm going to support you in any way. Um, whatever happens, you're going to be my guy. I was, was really surprised by um, um, that decision of him because I thought he didn't know me that well, but it turned out to be the right decision. I played a really good season. I was his captain and I helped the team um, to get promoted to the Bundesliga. We're going to come back to Paderborn, um, but you moved to Brighton in 2015. When did you first hear that Albion were interested in you? Oh, that was pretty pretty late already. In the season started in the second Bundesliga when we got rele- relegated from the Bundesliga back uh, to the second league. Um, I already played two or three games um, for Paderborn again in, uh, in the season 15-16. The first time I heard uh, really of them was, uh, I think it was just before my first home game with Paderborn against Bochum. I know there were some scouts watching you, but of course there are a lot of scouts watching a lot of games um, um, every day, every weekend, everywhere. Um, so we, we lost that first game, I, I think 1-0. I didn't play really well, I would say. Uh, I thought probably that's it. Um, they won't sign me anymore. Um, but the day after, um, they made an offer to the club, and um, I was really surprised. And then things started to go on. And uh, yeah, it was really exciting time that time when you're playing for your, I would say, pretty much my home club. And then you, you know, there's some interested from from a club abroad, from England. And, and then you start thinking, and you still have to focus on your on your games here with your club and things going on. Um, 
um, how do you say, in, in your back and you can't really, um, yeah, well, you don't know what, what's going to happen next. Uh, but um, I had to speak to my family, what, what we're going to do, what we want to do, um, because we already made a decision. Um, my family is going to stay here if I'm going to go to England because my daughter came to school a year later. So, and we just built a house in Paderborn or close by to Paderborn. We had dogs, we had horses. So a lot of things uh, which you can't really move to England at that time. So um, a lot of things were going on in my mind and I had to make the decision. At the third point, we made a decision that I'm going to be ready for the move. And then we had to talk to the club here in Paderborn because they knew already um, if we're going to leave him, we need to get a certain amount of money because I was a really important player for the club. And um, it was a big decision for club to, to, to let me go. And in the end, um, I was really happy that the transfer um, yeah, happened. And uh, yeah. What were your uh, thoughts on Brighton? Did you know much about them? Because you're joining a club which is, has ambitions to get into the Premier League at that point. Um, to be fair, at that time, I didn't really know where Brighton is. Um, mm -hmm. they, uh, they sent me a video link, um, which was really impressive. Um, it was about two and a half minutes or three minutes about Brighton as a club. Um, what, the, what they were going through in, in, in earlier times, like they came really close to like, like a financial, yep. how do you say? In, uh, yeah, nearly went out of existence back in the late yeah, 1990s. Yeah, it was really close. And then, like, actually, uh, Tony Bloom, and I think it was his father before, like, who uh, invested a lot of money in that club to save them from from um, even, yeah, out of order, I would say. Um, but then, with the new stadium, with the new uh, training facilities, you could see already um, what the um, plan is for that club because every, everything is set up for probably bigger dreams and in the end it turned turned out to be uh, like where they want to be one day and now they're in the Premier League already for the fourth season I think now and uh, they're really settling, settle, settling in in the Premier League which is probably the right league for the club because they've got everything in place in Brighton and it's, it's a brilliant place to live and a brilliant city so um, yeah, I'm really really happy about the development in the last few years and I'm still following a lot of games of Brighton. Even uh, I watched a game last night against Portsmouth and the game against Chelsea. So when, whenever it's on TV here in Germany and I can watch it, I watch uh, the Brighton games. Yeah. Well, when you joined, what was the squad like? Well, we had already um, a really experienced um, uh, squad that time. I think some uh, some stand-up players that time, uh, which were really helpful for me, especially um, uh, like Bruno that time. Um, he was an experienced player. He was a foreign player. Um, when you're coming from abroad, you, you don't know how it's going to be with the language, even though I think for us German, it's not really difficult to speak uh, English or learn English really quickly but he helped me a lot when I when I came to to Brighton and you've got like you had foreign players like uh, Thomas Hammett, Baram Kayal which makes it a little bit more easy for you to settle in because it's not their their home language and you feel a little bit more comfortable with them even though you had like the likes of Dale Stevens, Lewis Dung, they made it really easy for you to settle in and um, we had a really experienced uh, uh, squad that time. I would say not a, l a lot of young talent uh, in that squad, apart from, I would say, probably Lewis was quite young that time. Mm -hmm. uh, Solly March came up through the ranks. Uh, these were the only uh, really young players that time. And um, I felt really comfortable um, pretty quickly. Um, I, ha I haven't had a lot of time to settle in pretty much. I came to Brighton on a, on a Wednesday. I trained on a Thursday and played on a Saturday yeah. away to Fulham. Uh, which is uh, pretty amazing and um, but it yeah it was probably the standout game really still for me when I came to Brighton and playing away to Fulham um, on a Saturday away in front of 3,000 Brighton fans and uh, Crane Cottage is a, is, a, is a special place to play your first game and uh, then you came up a 
like a big guy like Matt Smith, which is probably the biggest striker in 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 the in the football league. Uh, I don't know. He's nearly. He's I don't know six foot seven, six foot eight. I don't know. He's a hundred kilo, and you're gonna have your first game against him. Um, and uh, one of my biggest strengths is probably my 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 heading game. But against him, I didn't want really a one header, and I thought, well, what the hell is going on here? Um, that's probably one of your biggest strengths, and I didn't. I, I really coped well with him, but in the air, I couldn't win a header at all. And <laughs> I was I was a little bit down at halftime. I thought, whoa, what's going on here? But in the end, we won that game in the last minute with a yeah, penalty from Tom Tom Hammond. And everybody got mental uh, behind that goal of us. Uh, I was already cramping everywhere in my legs. I couldn't <laughs> run to the celebration. Uh, I asked the manager to come off. We had um, several players with cramps. Dale Stevens came off at the last substitute. So I had to fight through the last 15 minutes. Um, so it's going probably that this, this game is already, uh, uh, it's always going to be the standout game for me, for Brian. This is Football, the Albion and me with Richard Newman. If there's one thing this podcast misses most about not being able to cheer on the Albion at the Amex, it's not being able to pick up a pie at the same time from official supplier Piglet's Pantry. But fans can recreate that matchday experience with home delivery. And with Christmas around the corner, listeners to this podcast can benefit from 15% off their Christmas range for December pre-order and delivery only. Just visit piglet'spantry.co.uk and enter the code ALBIONXMAS. That's all one word, ALBIONXMAS, before the 1st of December at the checkout to get your discount. Follow Football, The Albion and me on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. The competition for places in general in defence was extremely strong um, during your time at Brighton. You ended up having, you know, Lewis Duncan, Shane Duffy ended up establishing themselves as the first choice pairing, didn't they? And you also had Connor Goldson there providing competition. Um, is that tough, knowing at the time it might be difficult to break in and play regular games? Or does that, are you the sort of player that actually just sort of spurs you on a little bit? Well, actually, in my first year was um, uh, was still Gordon Greer there. He was he was the captain yeah, of, course, of the yeah. club, and um, uh, Lewis was probably his partner that time. Uh, when I joined Brighton, um, I think the uh, Chris Uden put uh, Lewis uh, on, on the bench away to Fulham, which which was um, I think he, he was pretty disappointed about that. I started my first game with uh, Gordon Greer in, in the back and. Probably that time it, w- it wasn't that easy for Lewis Dung as as a player, but I think he learned really quickly that time. He was still a little bit a younger player. He learned really quickly um, what it's football about. I was already 29 years old, and he was, I would say, 23, 24. He already played a lot of games for Brighton, uh, and he he ended up playing a lot of games uh, that year in the Championship. Um, but during that year, he learned, he he grow he, he has grown as a player a lot. He he had a lot of mistakes in that year in him. Um, but after that year, um, when I think Gordon Greer finished the, his career or moved on to a different club yeah, after that on, year, yeah. and Shane Duffy came in, Connor Goldson came in because I was injured. Connor Goldson had a little injury, and then they uh, ended up uh, um, signing Shane Duffy. And uh, I mean, these two big centre halves like Shane Duffy and Lewis Dung didn't miss a game at all, really, that time. And they didn't put a, a foot wrong. And I, I couldn't blame anyone. I came back from an uh, came back from an injury. Um, I was still pushing them in every every training session to to make them even better players, to let them perform well. And we had the dream uh, to getting promoted. And uh, my my ambition was was the same, and I I, I just tried to put them uh, in in a good place to for the weekend. And um, I mean, these two two guys uh, were amazing over two years or even more. And um, I mean, Lewis has become one of the best English defender in in the Premier League, and um, I'm really glad that he um, yeah has a career like he had so far. And uh, because I have seen him from from a younger player with some mistakes in him now to to become one of the best English defenders, which is which is really nice to see. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm really uh, I, I was really glad. Um, yeah, partner these two guys or 
playing with these guys and I, I still learned a lot of them and I, still, I think they learned a lot of uh, yeah my, my passion for football, my ambition like training every day like it's going to be the last day and um, yeah mm. it, it, it's a good sign because they told me and I'm still in touch with them like they, they didn't know how I can train every day like I train because it's still like I'm, I'm trying to train like 100% every day which is not easy even though I, I knew already I'm not going to play at the weekend because I couldn't pass these two guys and they were just too good that time too consistent uh, but uh, that didn't stop me from from training and performing uh, as as close to 100% in every training session. Mm, they probably learned um, a lot from you. You ended up playing a huge part in that final run-in and promotion to the Premier League. Shane Duffy was injured. You took your chance. And the game where promotion came, the 2-1 win over Wigan, fans will remember that day for a very long time. What were your memories in the build-up to that match? So not so much the match itself, but we knew this was the game where, you know, this was the day where Brighton could win promotion finally to the Premier League. Could you feel the nerves? Was, what was the atmosphere like? Well, everybody really knew already if we're going to win that game, it's, it's pretty much done because there was like, let's say 15 points ahead, five games left, but we had a goal, better goal difference of another 20 goals. Mm. So uh, we, we said before the game, you don't know what's going to happen around in, in the stadium. So we ended up winning the game. We knew it's pretty much done, but all of a sudden um, the fans uh, just entered the pitch and it was like everybody was going mental, even though it, it wasn't 100% sure, it was like 99.9%. But um, yeah, it was just crazy scenes celebrating uh, with the fans on the pitch. Um, amazing scenes. Um, Lifetime memories, um, you will never forget that. Um, and we just ended up really get promoted just three hours later when Huddersfield drew to, I don't know, I can't Harvey, remember really yeah. a lot. Yeah. A lot to someone and uh, we ended up celebrating the whole yeah. night and with the fans and which is, uh, yeah, which was really nice. And yeah, these are lifetime memories, definitely. What do you think it was about the squad that was special enough to win promotion? Because for a number of years before that, Brighton came fairly close. Looked like they were really challenging to go up, but just couldn't get over the line. Finally, they did with, in this squad. What was it about it that, that, was, that was special? Of course, uh, the year before we came up really close and with a big disappointment losing to Middlesbrough in that last um, um, league game and then losing um, in, in, the, in the playoffs to Sheffield. Um, you need really strong characters in, in, in a squad like that um, to go again. And uh, we said to ourselves, we, we, we are strong enough um, to get that job done, uh, to get promoted. And uh, you, you, need, you need the likes of uh, Bruno, Louis Dunk, uh, David Stockter at that time. You need big characters who believe in, in, in the dream to get promoted with Brighton. And, um, to do that again uh, a, year a year later with the same really with the same uh, amount of points uh, ending up uh, in, the, in the Premier League, um, it's a really big achievement for, for a club like Brighton. And even the owner put put so much money in that club because it's it's his passion. It's his um, yeah home club. Um, I still remember that uh, away game to Brentford uh, when we scored as a last-minute equaliser and everybody has seen the owner standing in between the fans, um, which is it's pretty amazing. Normally, you see the, the owner sitting somewhere in the VIP lounge or somewhere else and he was standing just in between everybody of the Brighton supporters, which makes this club pretty special and makes him a really special owner and I remember the night when we got promoted you you celebrating with him like like with him he's he's like a fanboy I would say like which 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 made him really special and um, it, it's a great achievement for the club that time for us as players uh, coming close uh, once and do it again a year later um, you can be really proud of that and uh, especially um, yeah staying in the league uh, for, for another year and a year later, um, yeah, to settle that club in the Premier League um, is, is pretty special and the club deserves it and the club is exactly where, where the club belongs to.
we always hear so many good things about Chris Hutton. What was he like to, to play under? He, he knows exactly uh, what he wants to play or what kind of football he wants to play. And uh, he puts uh, his uh, team out in probably 90% like in a 4-4-2, like um, pretty much uh, more like a defensive shape, like um, not conceding too many goals. And he exactly followed, it, followed his plan like for about two or three years. And he was really success, successful with that. He exactly knew what kind of players he needs um, you know, for that squad. He already he always uh, adapted um, with some new players, some special players. Um, and um, he was a really calm, calm manager. He knew exactly what he wants to do. Um, he wasn't he wasn't the loudest manager at all. Um, not like really um, expressive. Um, so. Um, it was it was quite nice to work with him because he was a really um, tactical coach, um, but he was good with the players. Whenever you you needed something, or let's say I wanted to go home because something happened with my kids, or I wanted to go home for an extra day, he was always always there for you. You just need to ask him, and um, it was really easy for me to settle in uh, when I came to Brighton, especially with a manager like like him. Um, he was. He was like, um, for me as a new player, it's always nice when you've got someone who's really clear in his mind, who, who talks really clear of football, and uh, that made it really easy for me. I mean, to, to step in a team like that in a, in a defensive shape, it's, it's definitely more easier for, for a defender uh, than when I came, as an example, when I came back to Paderborn. Mm. And we just played offensive uh, football, and you just have an align, uh, um, a high back line. You always defended pretty much the whole own half. Where where you in Brighton, you just defended the last third of your own half, which makes it really easy or much more easy for a defender because you've got your uh, midfield four in front of you, and uh, in in Paderborn you just pretty much defending your own half by yourself. So this was a um, like two pretty different uh, types of football and um, but even when I came back to Paderborn in my age like 32 you still can learn football in a, in a different way and I had to learn it uh, yeah again even though I have seen a lot of football during my career and I, even though I have a lot of experience in different shapes uh, I had to learn probably um, football again and uh, but Chris Juden is a, is a great guy a great manager with a lot of success in the end. We're going to come back to Paderborn in just a moment. You did get the chance to play in the Premier League briefly against, uh, I think it was Everton in yeah. the first season, wasn't it? So how special a moment was that to, to come on in the in Premier League? It's definitely a special moment um, uh, coming on against uh, Everton because um, Shane got injured and um, then you're playing against uh, Wayne Rooney, um, probably one of the most prolific strikers in England. And uh, it was still a tight game. I think it was, it was still 0-0 that time when I came on, uh, goalless. So I came on and then we scored the, was it a penalty or we just scored a 1-0 like, let's say five to 10 minutes just before the end. And we just conceded like by last minute, uh, we, we conceded a, a unfortunate penalty and Wayne Rooney scored it just last minute but it was a great feeling for me to come on in that game and I thought I did really well uh, unfortunately the the manager didn't give me another chance uh, the game after the games after um, yeah but that's that's the type of uh, that's kind of football um, you, you need to get used to it um, sometimes you get a disappointment uh, by the manager sometimes it's in, in your favour, um, but um, you always have to carry on and fight for your chances. You made the move back to Paderborn. Did you feel like it was the right time to move on to get first-team football again? Um, definitely, because I thought in my time, at the end of my time at Brighton, I thought I still got a lot of football in me, um, even though I think the club was um, maybe planning to give me a new contract because they were really happy with my attitude and training and my mentality um but i didn't want to be i didn't want to be a uh, fourth choice uh, send half anymore 
even though I was 30 year, 32 years old and I left my family for playing football in, in, German, uh, in England. And um, I thought it was the right time for me to go back um, to Paderborn, even though they were playing in the third league that time. And mm. uh, it was just in case they get promoted, I'm going back to Paderborn. That was the only scenario for me to go back to Paderborn. Um, Fortunately, they got promoted that time and uh, I was really, really happy with the move. Um, my former captain was now the CEO in, in Paderborn and I was talking to him like half a year before, like around Christmas, um, like uh, in my last year in, in, in Brighton. And I told him, yeah, I would be really happy about um, coming back to Paderborn when you get promoted to the second league again. Um, yeah, fortunately it, it happened and I, w I went back to Paderborn, which is probably not really um, normal going back to your old club again, um, because there are already always some like probably fans saying, oh, is it good to, to get back an old player? I did really well for the club before because I got promoted with them. I was a, was a captain for that club, but there are always some, some people saying, mm, Let's see, they've got some prejudices about yourself. and uh, But in the end, it worked out again yeah. really well for us. Uh, we got promoted again. So it was another right move in the right time for me. Just on Brighton at the moment, you said you've been watching them over the last few games. Um, what do you make of the work that they're doing at the moment? It's a very different kind of um, philosophy, isn't it? So when you were there, you was, as you said, it was an experienced squad playing quite defensively. Now you've got quite a young squad playing with this sort of possession-based, uh, trying to be quite attacking. It, it's fun to watch, to be fair. I watched a game against Chelsea. I thought they played really well. They trying to play out from the back with the keeper, starting with the keeper, trying uh, uh, to play out um, with the centre-halves, with um, high full-backs and they like to play football and I think they're doing it really well. Um, they're still um, losing games, just doing some, some silly mistakes, uh, like, like against Chelsea, losing the ball quite deep in their own half. But that, that's, that's part of the um, philosophy of Brighton. And um, I think they're doing a great job. They're um, developing um, the club um, to the next level. To the next level and uh, for them it's now developing the quad year by year they've got a lot of young players they're getting their chances in 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 this team uh, whereas that that time when i was there it was really difficult for young uh, players to break through but i've i've played with uh, with uh, ben white uh, victor um Gyokeris, uh, steve Aldate, so i know really these young players they've got some talent in them but they had to wait like for Graham Potter, I would say, because he, he's going to give them a chance to play in the Premier League. And I think these players are more than capable of playing on that level. And um, probably it, su it suits uh, them to play in an in attacking style uh, of football. And um, I'm looking forward to, to, the, to the season. I think they've got a really uh, tough program to start um, with a lot of... Uh, Big, big guns ahead of them. Um, now they play in Newcastle away. I mean, they signed a lot of players uh, from different clubs around the Premier League. So it's, it, it's going to be interesting. They, they need to get some points from the first six, seven games. Um, otherwise, they could be in trouble really quickly. But um, I think uh, it's really fun to watch Brighton right now. And they, they just need to, um, yeah get some points out of the first games and then they're going to have a promising season out of them. Yeah, just quickly on Ben White, you mentioned him there. How um, did you sort of, when you were playing with him, did you think he could be the player that he's being sort of tipped to be now? There's a lot of excitement around him. Um, well, I, I, I would say I played like three or four games with uh, under 23 that time, uh, especially in my last year, I played a few games with him and um, he was a sort of player, he was really calm on the ball. He was already um, uh, quite good on the ball. Um, he, knew he knew exactly what, what he wants to do with the ball. He, he, he loved to play um, from the back and um, he was really comfortable with both feet. Um, good, solid uh, defender and probably he's a, he's a perfect fit for that style of football right now because 
he wants to have the ball. He likes to step in as a, as a defender. And uh, when I when I look back to that first game at Chelsea, I thought he did a really good job um, defensively. And um, you you didn't see that it was his first Premier League game, um, even though he played for Leeds uh, full season last year. But Premier League is still a different level playing, especially. Um, uh, to Chelsea against uh, the like of Timo Werner, which uh, I know really uh, well from from the Bundesliga, mm -hmm. which is not really easy. But I thought he handled that really well, and um, yeah, he, he's got a great future ahead of him. Yeah. Now, Uwe, we end each podcast with a bit of fun, so I'm going to ask you first of all to pick a five-a-side team made up of players that you've played with. So from any team that you've played in. Yeah. So who would be your first pick? Um, yeah, I've picked a goalkeeper. So in a, in a five-a-side, you need a goalkeeper. Um, and, and my pick is uh, Matty Ryan. Even though I haven't, mm -hmm. I've just played uh, just one year with him, I was um, really impressed by him. I mean, he's not the biggest goalkeeper, but his uh, determination in, in, in every training session, his passion for football, um, he didn't give himself a chance to... Um, yeah, to let down every uh, in a single training session. He was he was really passionate. He was a good guy. He was a good friend of mine. He's still I'm still in touch with him. Uh, he's a good lad, and uh, he's performing on a, on a high high level for for a long long time now for Brighton. Um, I think he didn't uh, make too many mistakes over in, in his time in Brighton. To, uh, apart maybe I think he he made a mistake last year in, in one of the last two games when everything was done pretty much. Um, he's a good lad. Um, he's really consistent keeper and, um, and, and a good guy as well. Cool. Okay. Who else are you going for? Uh, my pick as a defender is, is Lewis Dunk. Um, another Brian lad. Um, I, I've seen his um, development over the years, which is really impressive. Uh, as I said earlier in, in the podcast, um, he had a few mistakes in him in my first uh, year in Brighton, but um, starting his, his, his second year in the championship that time, he was impressive. Um, he, he wasn't injured, I don't know, at all, probably uh, in the last five years. Uh, he didn't miss a game. He didn't put a foot wrong. Um, he's a good centre-half. He's good on the ball. He's strong. He's he has got a great responsibility for the for the team. He's now the club captain, following Bruno, which is not uh, easy. But he's the right captain for the club, and uh, I'm I'm really pleased uh, for him. And uh, yeah, he's my pick for for my defender. Mm -hmm. So Ryan and Dunk, who's next? Um, yeah, my midfielder is uh, Philip Clement. He he was my um, uh, teammate here in Paderborn. Uh, in our promotion season, when we got promotion to the Bundesliga, he's a he's a proper midfielder. He was so calm on the ball. He you could pass the ball whenever you want to him under pressure. He always had a solution. I think in our year he had more than ten goals, more than ten assists. Um, he scored three or four uh, free kicks uh, to top corner. So he's my pick. Um, I was. Yeah, really impressed by him. Such a good player, and uh, when we got promoted, he if, um, he unfortunately uh, he lost. Uh, he um, moved to an, uh, another club, and we missed him in our Bundesliga season um, a lot. Yeah. Okay, so you've got one midfielder. There. Are you going to go for another midfielder or two forwards? No, I'll go for two strikers now. Um, yeah. My first pick is uh, Niels Pedersen. Mm -hmm. um, I played with him in uh, uh, Cottbus, which was my first year in Cottbus, and I think he scored 26, year, 26 goals uh, for Cottbus, and afterwards he moved to Bayern Munich and Werder Bremen, and now he's still for, playing for uh, Freiburg, so he's a prolific goal scorer. Uh, wherever he was, he scored a lot of goals, and apart from that, he's such a nice guy, um, down to earth. Um, I was uh, talking to him a lot about football. He was like sports addicted like me. So we were talking about different football games or different sports whenever we had time between training sessions. And he's such a nice guy. And uh, yeah, he's my first pick. Okay. Brighton need a striker, Uwe. So if you could put a nice word in, that would be really great. And then who would be your second striker? Yeah, my second striker is another Brighton uh, lad. It's uh, Glenn Murray. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, 
what can I say about Glenn Murray? Even in, in higher age, he's still performing on a high, high level. Mm. I think he joined Brighton in 1670 and he was probably already 33 years old, 32 years old. Mm. But he, he was such a nice guy in the dressing room and um, he, he performed whenever he needed to. I, I would say he wasn't the best trainer, but he didn't need to because he was, you, 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 know, you knew already he's going to perform um, on, on a weekend and he, he's going to give you the goals you need to get promoted. And I think he scored more than 20 goals in, in our promotion season. And he scored another more than 10 in, a, in his first Premier League season. So he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a goal scorer like you, you would uh, look in for, but uh, you would wish for. And uh, Glenn is such a nice guy. And uh, I'm really happy that I've played with him in my time in Brighton. And um, yeah, sometimes I'm still in touch with him. He's such a nice guy. That's... I think that's my fiver side yeah. and I'm, I'm really happy about that. Yes, it's a really good team. I think that'd be quite formidable. It'd be a difficult, difficult one to beat. Not many people would. Um, just moving on then quickly, um, we're going to hit you with, with some sort of quick fire questions. So the first one is, if you could change one thing about the game today to something that annoys you, that might be a rule, it might be how people behave, whatever, what would you change? What would I change? Probably... I would go back to uh, the football without the VIA, mm -hmm. VAR, sorry, um, because sometimes it just annoys me because uh, the game is uh, interrupted too many times, too long. Um, it works out pretty well uh, most of the time, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm an older player, so I, I'm used to the time before, so probably that would be the only thing I would change. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to fire some questions at you, um, just two options, and you just give me your yeah. first answer, okay? So first one, starter or dessert? Starter. Okay. In the same season, would you rather win the German Cups or the DFB Pokal or avoid top flight relegation? You can't have both. Um, winning the Cup. Yeah. Book or film? Book. Okay. What book are you going to recommend then? Um, yeah, I'm reading a lot of uh, biographies um, of, of, of uh, top sportsmen. Um, I was uh, reading uh, a few years back, I was reading uh, the biography of Dirk Nowitzki, um, mm. which is um, pretty interesting and I'm following different sports and he's uh, a big uh, German sportsman, yeah. Mm. If you could play one other professional sport, what would it be? Tennis. Mm -hmm. What's your guilty pleasure? Crisp. <laughs> would you rather travel the world or laze on the world's most beautiful beach travel the world yeah and if you could meet one footballer from any era who you haven't met already who would they be and why Lionel Messi yeah okay. yeah yeah I'm, I'm a big fan of him um, yeah mm -hmm. he's he's a standout player for me in the world and Hopefully one day I can watch him play. And uh, I was lucky enough to play uh, once against Cristiano Ronaldo, but I'm, I'm def definitely a, a much bigger fan of uh, Lionel Messi. Okay. Um, and tell us something about you, which a lot of people may not know. I don't know if people uh, don't know that, but right now I'm a passionate golfer already. Um, I love to play golf whenever I can. Um, I was playing a lot in Brighton during my time and I learned to love the game, um, but it's still a hard game. Um, yeah, when you think you, you're getting better, you, you're gonna lose a, a ball soon. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really passionate golfer right now and uh, I love the game. Cool. And then finally, just quickly finishing on Albion uh, once more, their long-term ambition is to be a, um, a stable top 10 Premier League club, do you think that's possible? What's their realistic potential? I think it's definitely um, possible when you when you see the likes of um, Southampton or Leicester, um, who ended up in in the top ten, um, I think over the last few years. Um, so it's definitely possible, but in England it's it's really difficult because because a lot of clubs haven't. Um, a lot of potential, financial potential, um, like like the likes now of Newcastle, they want to probably end up 
in the same way or even higher uh, with the financial um, possibilities now. But um, I think with the style of play, um, it, it, it's the right decision um, um, to play football like that because you have a much uh, better um, possibility to win games when you have in the ball more often. In, um, because creating creating uh, chances, creating goals, it's, it's, it's gives you a bigger chance to win games more often uh, um, when you just defend and uh, hoping for the best. Like still Newcastle is doing that. I, I don't think it's it's um, it's the right way. I love to play football um, like we do here in Paderborn. Mm -hmm. uh, as a defender, you have in the ball much and uh, you can create. Um, something with your team and I think Brighton is doing a good job. They're on the right way, right path and um, I hope the best for them and I'm looking forward to following um, them in, in the upcoming season. Uwe, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been, it's been great to hear about your memories from throughout your career so far and the best of luck for the current season. It was a pleasure. Thanks a lot. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Uwe for giving up his time and best of luck to him at Paderborn, our own BFG. Please remember that if you can, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It makes a huge difference to this podcast visibility. I'll be back on Saturday with a tit of the stockbroker. Thanks for listening. <laughs>